0: well. Hard hit into right, back at the wall, to game! Big puppy! The grand slam! Anything's possible. Anything's possible! Lynch in the backfield, Russell looks, throws inside, oh my god, it's picked off at the goal line! It's picked Man, off by Gus Hiddler! intended for walking at the goal line. Oh, my word, with 20 seconds left. Hello, and welcome back to episode three of B&E, Boston Sports Radio 98.1, brought to you by Quinnipiac University. My name is Brennan Kelly, and I'm joined today by my co-host and good friend, Ethan Hurwitz. Ethan, how are you feeling today? Tough, tough game. Tough games for the, uh, the
1: Patriots, the Red Sox, you know, Boston in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, just...
0: Reboot, move on and and let's get better. So that was Dirty Water, our beautiful intro. Fenway Faithful were unfortunately not able to hear that song last night after uh, playing very well at home lately. Red Sox uh, dropped a tough one late in the game last night. It was close the whole time, two two going into the ninth inning, and it just fell apart and um, I don't even know if we want to get into, you know, how bad that ending was mm-hmm. just for our own, you know, mental for our sanity. Yeah, for our sanity. So yeah. Red Sox dropped game game four. <laughs> Series is tied 2-2 going into game five tonight, Fenway Park. Yep. Could possibly be the last game at Fenway Park this season. Quite honestly, that could be the truth. Um, Ethan and I were talking a little bit before the show about how significant tonight's tonight's game is mm-hmm. in, a, um, in a matter of going to Houston, being up a game compared to going to Houston down a game is overall something that you'd prefer to have um prefer to have on your belt you know Ethan and I were talking we were phrasing this more of a an elimination not elimination game that yep. you must win mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's a uh, you I mean every playoff game's a must win but mm-hmm. there are like if you lose you're not eliminated but you can't afford to go into Minute Maid Park down a game facing elimination back to back against a team that's
0: Pretty good in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's hard to it's hard to let a team like that get hot, and yeah. we're trying our best to avoid it. Um, you know, and they have all the momentum now after after that brutal eighth and ninth inning for the Red Sox. Alex Cora decides to trust his main man, Nathan Navaldi. And yeah. when I saw him warming up in the pen, I had full faith. I mean, they've done it before with Sale in the World Series. They bring mm-hmm. in the main guy to close out the game, and quite honestly, he looked fine to start, but. Tough, few tough calls. We won't even get into that, but yeah, um, it was Las Diaz. Las Florida. Diaz H- had a field day behind the plate. Yeah, Las Diaz, and everybody. But um, he fell apart towards the end. They bring in Martin Perez and he just let the floodgates open. I believe it was like the first, second pitch. He just gave up like a three run <sighs> gapper and it's just, it's hard to watch at that point. You're yeah. already suffering. You're like, it's already. Like, you're, you're already losing, and
1: now the floodgates have opened. It's bases loaded,
0: two outs, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's it's un, it's hard to it's hard to watch. Yeah, especially when you had your hopes that they were. Especially get them when to you walk were in off. the game for the entirety of the night, right? Mm-hmm. You had the lead
1: going into the eighth inning, and you're like, oh, you know, six more outs. You got you got Whitlock pitching. You got mm-hmm. Evaldi warming in the pen. This game should be over, and now it's.
0: Oh, we lost. Yep, five, three and five. It's best of yep. three, and it's hard. It's hard to watch the momentum that they've been building mm-hmm. since the ALDS just fall apart. Yeah, lately there's been no doubt in my mind that we were just gonna just keep rolling. Mm-hmm. And something like last night's game is one of those things that they need to bounce back. And tonight will be a a real test of this team's uh, playoff strength and yep. their ability to get through these uh, difficult times. So we'll see how they react tonight. We, uh, It's either going to be, I believe it's going to be Sale on the mound tonight. I think yeah. it's Sale and Framber Valdez. Yeah. So, so rematch of game one. We Yeah, we will see how that goes. Sale did not play up to his level in not game one. No. And tonight is a perfect chance for him to bounce back mm-hmm. and really show that he's still that star and he's still that ace that he was before his injury. Yeah. Tonight, quite honestly, will be the biggest game in Fenway all season. Yep. Hopefully they can... Uh, Start off strong because those games where they've been able to produce in the first few innings have really impacted the way that the rest of the uh, the game is played out. Mm-hmm. Guys like Kike Hernandez, Schwarber, Rafael Devers, Sander Bogarts. Our top guys are producing when they need to, like mm-hmm. we said, they needed to be. Baseball yeah, playoffs are just com- a completely different game for players, and our main guys are producing, so we can't discredit them. But we just need to be able to close it out. Yeah, it's.
1: I mean it's been the story for the entire season the 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 problem of this team isn't its offense It's the the back end of the bullpen exactly the bullpen is For lack of better words absolutely horrible Mm -hmm. And when you're relying on martin perez with two outs in a playoff game, it's It's disappointing Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I feel like the offense is is a good hitting lineup from top to bottom uh, you get contributions from Christian Arroyo, mm-hmm. uh, Vasquez when he plays, Ploiecki when he plays, Dahlbeck when he plays. You know, the in, up and down the lineup, you get consistent hitting and fielding. But the back end of the pitching is just not good. Mm-hmm. Like, right? You get, like, hypothetically, you get, like, Eduardo Rodriguez going six shutout innings, and then you're forced to rely on Hirakazu Sawamura, Martin Perez, and and Ryan Brazier mm-hmm. to close
0: out a game. And it's just... That doesn't really strike fear in your opponent. And it's hard for a a starting caliber pitcher to execute exactly how he needs to to win a playoff game. Mm -hmm. Eduardo Rodriguez was excellent last night. Absolutely. And then bring in the bullpen and can just completely, it's just a waste. They did it with Pavetta multiple times this season. They did it with Evaldi. There's multiple times where just like, wow. He did exactly what we needed him mm-hmm. to do. Now you and, just need to rely and, on the bullpen, and then the bullpen just lets you down. And a lot of the times this series, we've had these significant mm-hmm. leads, and mm-hmm. they've given up three, four oh, runs. Yeah. And if it were closer games, we would not be in the position we are in right no, now. We probably wouldn't have made it past the the We raise. could possibly have been eliminated last series. We, and we, this we might year. not even have made the playoffs. No. It, it's, it's unbelievable that you can bring in a, a, any, any of the bullpen. And have no idea what to expect. Maybe with Gar- uh, Garrett Whitlock, who is our best probably guy. our best guy in the bullpen Maybe throughout if, the season. Yeah, right? I'd probably Maybe. say Barnes has the highest ceiling.
1: Barnes and mm-hmm. you know, have the highest ceiling, but I'd say throughout the se- the season with consistency, it's probably been Garrett
0: Whitlock. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for Alex Cora as a manager to willingly take out his ace mm-hmm. and save him. You know, like mm-hmm. you you've done your job. You know, save your arm for you know we want to keep playing you in yeah. the playoffs, and then bring in some kind of reliever that completely. Gets rid of it. So, recap shortly on the Red Sox. <clears throat> 2-2 going into Game 5 at Fenway tonight. Hopefully they can ride the crowd. The crowd can give them back the momentum they need yep. to win tonight. And hopefully we can go into Minute Maid Park being up a game and hopefully close it out. We've had success on the road. It's just being down, going on the road, is something that this team hasn't really experienced. So, we need them to hopefully go into this game tonight completely motivated looking at this is like not looking ahead just looking at one game at a time and they can hopefully get the job done yeah I think you hit on every 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 point
1: right there it's you just need timely hitting good pitching good defense mm -hmm. Uh, and then just don't focus on the the entire series as a whole to you're gonna have to win two games Mm -hmm. so even if you lose this one you're still in it and even if you win this one it's still not over so it's just it's one game at a time hopefully you know fenway's rocking um but i mean it's at the end of the day it's it's playoff baseball and it's the series has been pretty exciting so far they've combined been. i think i saw a stat today where they've through the first 4 games
0: have both teams have combined for 12 runs each game mm-hmm. which is wild quite exciting to see these offensive yeah. games and the amount of Grand Slams we've seen. Exactly. Three in this playoff three, series. Three in this. Three in the, historical three, two games. Yeah, the statistics. first team in MLB history to have three Grand Slams
1: in the same series. And the second MLB team, I think, is the 98 Braves? Mm-hmm. 98, 96 Braves um, for the only team to have
0: three in an entire playoffs. And you can't let a statistic like that go no, down. No, can't,
1: you can't just be like, when people look back at that, you can't be like, oh, how'd that team do? And you're like, yeah, they lost in six yeah, to Houston. Exactly
0: you have to write a statistic like exactly. that exactly. We're going to get right into our next topic, New England Patriots, are uh, one of our favorite topics to cover. Yeah. We are uh, we've got a lot to cover today. Busy busy times in our sports life, so we're going to go right into the Patriots. Overtime loss to the Cowboys, 35-29. Yep. Another heartbreaker on this season. It is getting it is getting difficult to uh, watch these close games come down to the wire and and lose them. Ethan, your thoughts? Yeah, it's every single week. You know, you're one, two, three plays away from
1: actually winning, and it's like that probably would have been the biggest win mm-hmm. post Tom Brady that the Patriots have had. Right? You go against a, an offensive juggernaut, a team that, quite honestly, like you, 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 you make everyone makes all the jokes about the Cowboys. Like, oh, this is our year. This is our year. This is, this might be their year. The Cowboys are really good this year. Um, you know, they have. Dak who's coming off an injury you got Zeke and Tony Pollard out of the backfield you got Cooper Gallup uh CeeDee Lamb an elite offensive line they might represent the NFC in the Super Bowl uh if it isn't for some old dude down in Tampa Bay exactly um but like that would have been a major game to win and there's just I mean hindsight's 2020 but you look back there are just plays where it's
0: you got to have it. You
1: got to have it. It's um, Nelson Aguilar's dropped to start overtime um, mm-hmm. to end the first half with a minute 30 with like one timeout. And instead of pushing the ball down the field, you, you just need yep. it. Yep. Um, the fourth and one. The four, Yeah. Multiple fourth downs, especially the one in overtime where it was like fourth and three. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to know, watch. Like the 50. It's, it's like they're playing. I, I saw something where it was probably summed up the Patriots. They're not trying to win. They're trying to not lose. hmm You know, it's fourth and three at the 50 in overtime. Would you rather punt and automatically give the ball back to MVP candidate Dak Prescott? Or would you trust your offense, try to get three yards? And if you don't, at least you tried. hmm But it's, you know, oh, it's just punt. Let's trust our defense.
0: hmm Which, the defense looked rough. and like I think thing.
1: they gave up the most yards in
0: Patriots history, which is insane. Mm-hmm. It's hard to watch I mean like you said Cowboys have a juggernaut of an offense mm-hmm. They are stacked at every level and you can't criticize them because they gave up points to Dallas You can criticize them if they can't get a stop when they need to that's why they're they brought in multiple defensive pieces We talked about how good Jalen Mills was and maybe we talked about it too early because he did have a, a rough game against Dallas yeah. and you can't Particularly say that he's like an elite type of cornerback, mm-hmm. but he was being thrown They were thrown at him a lot and on that last play when C.D. Lamb scored that touchdown in overtime He knew he got beat. He was cooked for at least five yards So there are multiple chances where the defense came up short when we needed them to yeah. and it doesn't help when the offense is not being um, willing to go for these, you know mm-hmm. Dramatic plays fourth and one. Yeah being conservative with the mm-hmm. ball I understand if it's like if it's like 4th and 8 on your own 20, I understand
1: yes. punting. But if but, when it's like 4th and under 3 yards at like the 50, y- you got to make the... You're in that position where it's too close to punt, too far for a field goal, so
0: you might as well go for it. And if you look at our offense, there are countless things they could do to get a 4th down yep. type of play. You have... Like we said Johnu Smith Who's like our utility weapon He can literally do Whatever mm-hmm. we need him to do You can put him in the backfield yep. Who's going to stop him Exactly Right You put, you throw him out On He'll, the outside Give him a pitch out wide And There's, he just takes it There are so many chances Where they 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 have the playbook To do it yeah. They just They're not willing to Which is Why they're like And I think that's in part With the rookie quarterback You know yeah. It's
1: Max a smart guy But It's It's like you, Do you open up the playbook So much for him It's it's you trust him to make that play in fourth and three in a critical situation I think that will come with time. I think I've sort of after that loss I've sort of tempered my expectations for the season. I'm not expecting us to win the division. Uh, I wasn't expecting us to win the division going into the season. Um, You know at this point I'm just trying to settle with like a six seven seed. Um, If we don't make the playoffs we don't make the playoffs. It sucks as a fan but at this point all you can wish for is is the development of Mac? Uh, mm-hmm. Hope that he becomes into the future quarterback that this team needs, and hope he develops with the teammates. So over the the longevity of their contracts here, he can you know start to build something. You know with Judon and and Johnu and Hunter Henry, who has a touchdown three straight games, who, rolling into Jets week. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, at this, Hunter Henry might be our second
0: best free agent. It's looking like it, Matt especially Gian, after Maggio Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills. Yeah. Yeah. Mills had a difficult week. Like you said, we can't blame him, but I completely agree with you moving forward if Mac Jones continues to develop which it looks like he is each week He looks more confident back there We the offensive line is finally coming back together as a as a group and which is helping the run game Damon Harris looked good again, mm-hmm. but um Like I said as long as Mac Jones shows improvement shows get shows that he's getting more comfortable with the playbook and with our receivers tight ends running backs then moving forward you know, let's see what happens. Like yeah. you said we can't hope for a playoff team. Looking at the rest of the NFL, who knows how this season's gonna play out. Yeah. It's one of those years where and it's anyone's it's anyone's title, it's anyone's chance to get it. So Mac Jones has looked better. Mm-hmm. Having a close game against the Cowboys and being able to put up those numbers is something that shows that he's able to, you know, compete at the high level. Yeah. And um, his like two of his best games have been against Dallas and Tampa
1: Bay. Which is which exciting to watch. Two contenders mm-hmm. could, you know, win the Super Bowl.
0: So. And he's outperforming every other he's a rookie r- quarterback. He's the best rookie quarterback so He far. does have a good situation compared to some of the other ones, but we don't need to discuss. He has the talent to be yeah. the best quarterback out of that draft class. And I'm sure we'll talk about that for years, how it's going to be a tight race. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the teams in the AFC... AFC East besides the Bills, obviously they're struggling just as much as us. Yeah. So the entire AFC as a as a whole is completely muddled.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got the Bills at four and two, Chargers and Raiders at four and two, uh, Titans at four and two and ravens at five and one. Other than that, all the teams are sort of just jumbled together. So, you know, the Patriots are one game out of a playoff spot right now. And the Patriots on their schedule still have Indianapolis, Carolina, Jets, Jacksonville, Miami all teams that we all teams that are are winnable games so it's like you have the all you need to do is just you just need to play football at the highest level and you can probably sneak in you know it's the NFC is a much better conference right now they got like you got five five teams that are legit contenders and the rest are just not you got Dallas you got Green Bay You got Tampa Bay and you have Arizona and the Rams other than that There's like no one else Mm -hmm. I don't even think anyone else has more than four wins the next highest are the Saints with three and two Mm -hmm. That's the seventh best team right now or the sixth best team meanwhile The AFC is all jumbled up where it's you got the Colts at two and four Browns and Steelers at three and three Chiefs at three and three and so if the Patriots win and like, like, just listen to it. Like, Patriots win, they're, they move to three and four. If the Browns lose on Thursday and they're starting Case Keenum, they're also three and four. And then you play the Browns later on. Mm-hmm. So it's teams that you thought were gonna win their division and play very well are just at the same spot as you. So you're not in a bad position. It's yeah. just
0: it comes down to execution. Exactly. We have the opportunity to get the job done. Who knows? Six five. Six or seven weeks, we could be back in here coming yeah. back from Christmas break and completely have a different mindset on this team. For
1: all you know, Josh Allen could, like, tear his ACL in, and we're talking about winning the division.
0: Exactly. And you you really know, it's it's October right now. Yep. It's a long football season. We're going into week six, seven? Six or seven? Mm, seven. So, we're going into week seven. Anything's possible right now. Yeah. You got, you like, ten more weeks. You can't count out any team. And who knows, these contenders, these teams that look hot right now, could start to, uh, you know, have similar weeks to the Patriots where yeah. they lose close games to teams that they should have been so We obviously have the favorites, but We look at this season towards the end and it can be completely different outlook mm-hmm. And we could be here talking about how the Patriots might be the sneaky, you know underdog. Just like the Red Sox so Yeah, it's and simple. I mean
1: the Browns are in a weird position now where the we play the Browns in four weeks mm-hmm. uh, Baker Mayfield's injured uh, Jeremiah Ousuku, Armora, the rookie is injured, and just was just put on IR. Uh, Kareem Hunt was just put on IR. Nick Chubb is questionable. So it's, you know, we could beat the Browns if they're not healthy. It's it you can't wash this season away already as a as a, as a waste mm-hmm. because you still got so much more football left to play. Um, so at this point,
0: it's just you just wait and see. Just take it week by week. Couldn't agree more. We're going to go to a quick break. We're actually doing great on time today. Like I said, we have a ton to get into. We're going to go to a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk hockey and basketball and our hopes and dreams for our Boston Bruins, Boston Celtics, and our Quinniback men's ice hockey team. Very important weekend coming up. We can't wait to get into it. This is B&E Boston Sports Radio.
1: Dream of a girl I
0: used to know. I close my was more than a feeling by boston what a great song and what a great city like i said we're gonna get right into hockey we do have a ton of hockey to talk about today boston bruins get a get a nice win over the dallas stars yep. last saturday night two to one felt like forever ago some of these teams have already played five plus games yeah we've only played and one we are playing game two tonight against well, i the think Philadelphia we're, back, Flyers. we're really
1: backloaded on the, the the back end of our schedule whereas we have like Four games
0: in our last five days, which is we will have a heavy, it's brutal. And it, yeah. yeah, hopefully we can have a, a good amount of games over winter break. As college students, we do have a long winter break, so hopefully we'll be able to get up to some games up there during. Yeah. Uh, it's expensive to go to TD Garden, though. It's, oh yeah, it's it takes a, a lot out of your. You got to find the right opportunity and hopefully the right ticket. You know, you can sneak in a game against yeah. like a lower caliber team just to watch them play. But um, Boston Bruins have a unique situation they're in right now. We talked about this last week. They are in complete win now mode mm-hmm. our team is aging when we're competing with younger more powerful teams like yep. tampa bay and um, the islanders islanders and ethan and i are are big believers and it's it's a must must win type mm-hmm. of season they loaded up heavily in free agency brought in a lot, a lot of veteran presence What you need because you can't keep relying on these prospects as much as you want the prospects to develop you got to have some guys that know how to Get some wins You yeah. know. Some veteran you, you
1: need, you need veteran experience
0: Bruins looked good In, in uh, the opening night The other night mm-hmm. They went with Swayman Out of Swayman And Allmark. Yep. I'm completely fine With the two of them Splitting yeah.
1: the, the opportunity I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I feel like I don't think Any of them are in a position To have like One of them play 60 games I think it's Unless it's gonna there's gonna be a, like a Unless it's a complete Injury, like, or, injury or something Or you and know that's when Linus Allmark is Absolutely terrible And then at that point You just rely on Swayman but I think, like, you just switch him off, like...
0: If you, whenever like, you need to. Every and two or three days. Chris like, you Bruce. might as well just
1: roll with whatever's working.
0: Exactly. And I completely agree with the decision to bring in Olmark and a veteran goalie. Mm-hmm. If you were to roll with Swayman in one of the AHL backups, yeah, it's... that would be one of those situations where there's a lot of pressure on yeah. Swayman to be the man. Yeah. And, yeah. and when he's not he even, like... A he's not even experienced enough to be the
1: man. So exactly. now you're putting all this pressure on him to, to be the team starting goalie to replace Tugarask.
0: Um, yeah, it's a lot. I had a, a Snapchat memory pa- uh, pop up yeah. yesterday, and it was when Quinniviac men's ice hockey played Maine two years ago, and we were completely killing them. So they put the backup in, and that backup was Jeremy Swayman. So if you look at the timeline, two years ago, Jeremy Swayman was the backup for the Maine Black Bears men's ice hockey team, and looking at where he is now, he is the starter for the Boston Bruins, and I think it shows his development over two years, and yeah. if you look at where he was two years ago, where he is now, and where he might be in two years, I think it's amazing. It also amazes me, as a fan of the men's ice hockey team here at Quinnipiac, that I've seen so many NHL prospects, yeah. and at the time, I don't even realize it. Like, I could be, like, getting sticks and autographs and, like, interacting with these future uh, NHL and guys, and it. I don't yeah. even realize. I probably it's... booed him, honest to God. Yeah, so. I, got, I, got, I have some... I mean,
1: it's it's just some Jeremy Swayman fun facts. He, um, I know he's from Alaska, which in and of itself is super cool. Um, and then something else is, I think he has the same birthday as me, November 24th. Um, I think Jeremy, uh, Jimmy Graham has the same birthday, but that's, yep, November 24th, 1998, Jeremy Swayman. So, you know, we can celebrate our birthday together. Um, we know Jeremy Swayman, who's an avid listener, uh, to be any, e, uh, yeah. along with what JD Martinez, Keith Carinandes, the whole know. Red Sox, and the entire Red Sox clubhouse. You know, if if Jeremy, if you're listening to this, please just bring me to a game, give me some tickets. We appreciate you.
0: Yeah, I definitely didn't boo you when you were. Yeah, at you definitely didn't. I no, you cheered him. Yeah, I knew yeah. you were going to be the man. He, he was the one holding the sign saying "We love you, Jeremy." I was shouting, obviously. Yeah. So, Jeremy Swayman, I absolutely love him. Mm-hmm. He posts a lot of hiking videos on his Instagram. Yeah, he's a There's big, like, earthy, earthy I'm, I'm sure that comes with being from Alaska
1: and, you know, hunting and fishing and and whatnot. Quite honestly, B&E might
0: become a Jeremy Swayman fan club.
1: Yeah. We might and need to get, like, a signed jersey and hang it up. We in should.
0: Here. We should really get—we got to get some uh, some decorations in here just for our show. Yeah. Especially when we start to have guests. Yeah. I've I've been uh, hoping someday we'll get Rand Pecknell on here. Yeah. Hopefully Jeremy Swayman. Some other some more famous, yeah. famous fans will be on here. But um, Jeremy Swayman hopefully will be the man for a long time. I like him. He plays, like, strong so far. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, like, a New England. He played college hockey in New England. Obviously, he's from Alaska. But, like, New England might be a spot. We got tons of hiking, tons of outdoor, you know, type of things here. So, Jeremy Swayman, we love you. Keep it up. We might not love you next week. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah. We love you after one game. Exactly. You know, um, I'm sure Boston won't like you if you... If you, it, it is a eight tough crowd. In
0: one game against Philly, Bruins fans, they will give it to him. Oh, so yeah. will I. And Tuukka <laughs> has probably received the most hate from any like Boston athlete Boston that has performed well.
1: I he, know he's had his moments.
0: He, but yeah, he's had his tough he moments. Has been I, I think
1: he's the best goalie in Bruins history. He, yeah, he's statistically, he's won a cup. Granted, he was a backup, but he won a cup. He, he won a few vessels. He got very close twice. Um, 2019, I mean, he, at one he was point, up. At one point, he had like the highest save percentage in NHL history. I don't know if that's still number one, but he had the number one highest save percentage. So I totally think they're going to retire 40 for the Bruins. Um, yep. But it's it's so, everyone's so bipolar about him. It's like you either love Tuca or you can't stand him and you wish to see him dead. And those fans that h- hate Tuca will hate Allmark. Oh, if, yeah, in totally. The, and Swayman. If, in you the can, same, if you can't even appreciate Tuca Rask after. What taking you to, to the Stanley Cup twice. He was the reason we Pleasant, made the Stanley Cup in 2019. Uh, a plethora, he went off. A plethora of playoff ex- appearances. Mm-hmm. If you just see Linus Allmark and he leads
0: you to a first round exit, oh, he, yeah. the city people are going to be up. calling for his head. Exactly. And it's tough. I mean, obviously, as a, as a sports player, having a city that backs you so strongly and yep. criticizes you so strongly is something that in the right environment will make you a better person. Uh-huh. you would be like, they have my back when I'm the best and they make me they make me want to be better. Yeah. So hopefully that's how the players look at it mm-hmm. and that they don't understand that we we don't actually hate them. We just it's want just, the best for that organization yeah. and to represent the city. So Bruins take on Philadelphia tonight. Yeah. I hate Philadelphia as a yeah, sports city. I can't stand All that. around the Eagles, the Sixers. Who uh. Sixers are falling apart. I, we I could, love it. We could have our whole hour-long show just talking about the, the fallout of the, exactly. the Sixers. Hopefully next week we'll get into that. I can't wait for the, the week that we have a show yeah. with Celtics-Sixers. That'll be great. Absolutely hate Philadelphia. Not as much as New York, but Philadelphia is the second, you know, second mm-hmm. close one. So. I, I, I don't mind the Phillies. Yeah, I mean uh, baseball. I don't. I don't, I don't, think I don't I really hate, baseball hate as many baseball teams.
1: Yeah, there are some players that I can't stand. Machado. Yeah. I, oh, okay. So. <laughs> oh no. I, I hated Machado in Baltimore, and I hated Machado in L.A. But yep. ever since he went to San Diego, Denver I loved him. I love. I love San Diego, Manny. You know, I the just can't get over what he did to Pedroia and the pinstripes. Yeah. You know, yeah. No. I mean, like, I hate. I hate him for that. But I just. I love him in San Diego. It's I, good I just love watching Don Orsillo announce. Tatis, Machado, Cronenworth—you so. know th- that Padres team is so fun to watch. Mm. But you know, it's—I love Machado in San Diego. Back to the Boston Bruins. Back to the Boston Bruins. What I was gonna say is we have, we've
0: been—we've been going off track a little bit, but that's good. It's, yeah, it's always good to uh, know, see where this conversation yeah. goes. We don't plan. How, how these things are going to go all. It's completely improvised. We do have bullet points we because do. we are organized college
1: students. But, but um, something, something you did say about the how Boston fans are quick to turn on players. One player that, you know, everyone was quickly labeling a bust and everyone was calling for his head was uh, Jake DeBrusque, who uh, scored mm-hmm. uh, in the first game. Uh, you know, had two shots, um, scored his first of the year. Is this like a Jake DeBrusque breakout year? I don't know, but it's someone who, you know, didn't get the best reception from Boston fans. You know, like you could have had Matt Barzell, you could have had anyone else in the draft but Jake DeBrusque, um, but he scored in the first game. So I, I don't know if that this is going to lead to a, a bigger season and if Boston fans will start to appreciate Jake DeBrusque more, but Jake DeBrusque has a goal.
0: I couldn't agree more. He's definitely overlooked because of his draft class and how mm-hmm. the Bruins messed up three picks in a row. Yeah, Out of the three picks that they took, Jacob Saborl, uh, Sension, and then DeBrusque. DeBrusque is clearly the best DeBrusque player. is the first. best one. Yeah. So out of the three of them, he should receive the least amount of hate. And he's had his moments in the past. Yeah, I remember clearly the 2018 playoff series against Toronto Maple yeah. Leafs. He went off. He was our guy. But Jesus, D- Jesus, Jake. I saw he, that trending on Twitter. He that, uh, was. Qu- he was quite, quite honestly our best this guy this year. Yeah. And if he if he can produce half of what he was in that series mm-hmm. consistently throughout the season, he will be a beautiful, in depth piece to have. Yeah. I think right now he's on the second line, or the third. I I got to look at the lineups. Obviously the first line he's not on, but we got J- uh, Coyle as the second line center with Jeremy Smith and Felino. I believe that's the second line. So if DeBrusque is down there on the third line, he brings that speed and he brings that athleticism that you need. You need a guy like that can, yeah. that can go out. You need a quick guy in your third get line get the that job can go done, especially with you know Bergeron and Martian. as you know they contribute, but they might not. They're not the fastest as they you yeah. know as they once they're, was. They're
1: not as agile as they were. You need 10 youth. Years ago. You
0: need yeah. youth to help them out. So I can I agree that if Debrusk can use this as confidence, you know he starts off the season with mm-hmm. a goal, plays strong, build on the next game, Jay, Keep going, keep going, and then. You know he's he's one of those guys where you just don't know what the Bruins are going to do with. I feel like he's always in trade rumors. Fans always want him gone. Yeah. But like, quite honestly, what are you going to get for Jake DeBrusque? I don't know. Like like, like a his, fourth round draft. His value I mean. is low, and even if he has a good season, then you build his value up. Then maybe you trade him. I'm not encouraging it, obviously, but you can't trade Jake DeBrusque after like not like this past off season. Yeah. People wanted him gone. Like what you're going to get nothing mm-hmm. if you keep him around. You at least get. Some, the potential the potential to of have him. a guy right. like that on and a cheap wanna, deal. So you don't want to
1: take that risk of you know you trade him to some west coast team and then he goes for off. A fourth yeah. round and then he goes off. Exactly. Right? And
0: then he like beats you in a Stanley Cup. Mhm. And and you got to believe in a guy like that. It takes guys sometimes it takes longer for some guys to, you know, yeah, to become break out. the main the yeah. main guy. So not everyone can become a star like Pastrnak and Marshan and Bergeron in their first year. Guys that if he can contribute in any shape, then I'm fine with Jake DeBrusque. I mean, he's not costing us a ton. He's, he does, he, if he does what he needs to do, I'm mm-hmm. completely fine with it. But uh, big game tonight against Philly. They just beat the Kraken the other night, so Monday night, I believe. So they're coming in hot in a sense, even though yeah. it's early in the season. So they should be ready to go, and uh, I'm excited for it. White jerseys on the road. we got to love our white jerseys, not just with the pads, just white jerseys in general. In general. Boston Celtics will be wearing the white right jerseys tonight. Hopefully against the Knicks. You never know with the, how the NBA is nowadays. Yeah, so the just, NBA, they always wear different jerseys at yeah, random I have times. Yeah, so. I have a
1: friend who 100 percent is not listening to this, but uh, I'll send him this clip out. when it comes out. Um, he cannot stand the fact that NBA comes out with different jerseys every single year, and he's saying it's just it's ruining the sport, and it's it's the only way that fans like they, the it's like the only way that NBA can actually make fans is they have no like young fan base so the only thing they can do is just pump out different jersey designs so that the little kids can be like oh i like this jersey let me let me buy it and it's there's like 50 different jerseys for every mm-hmm. team and it's at this point it's you don't even know what their home jersey is you don't know what their away jersey is for all we know the Celtics could roll out in like red jerseys
0: Look at the Boston like, Red look, Sox. Yeah, I mean. Like the
1: Red Sox are the Red Sox are wearing yellow jerseys yep. in their green stadium.
0: Yep. It's, that makes
1: no sense whatsoever. But mm-hmm. I love the jerseys so much.
0: Um it's also frustrating with the NBA jersey change that <clears throat> you don't if you buy a jersey, you love one of their like alternates, their cities, whatever they're called, the playoff jerseys that yeah. they get. They're gone after this. Yeah, they, they're like, like never going
1: to wear them again. They wear them for like one day in the playoffs, and they're like, okay, let's make six more alternates.
0: Yeah, they will wear it a random day against like the Charlotte Hornets, and then yeah. they'll wear them in the playoffs once. Right, and then because the, the, they're selling, it's a product they're selling, obviously. But then they just make a new one. Like a few years ago, they had the green ones with the gold and the script. The one that's
1: out the, that's the, like the the one that barely even it yeah. said like
0: BossCon. Yeah, it, the T looked like a C. because yep. it was such a cursivey font. And and they keep that old Celtics. Vibe with a lot of the jerseys, so they're they are repetitive in a sense. And I I, I, I agree that they shouldn't go off and make these crazy like out of these world jerseys because it's like the Celtics are a historical franchise. But I agree with your friend that it definitely is frustrating seeing yeah. them open another new jersey, and it's not like they're cheap or anything. Where you're like, no, it's oh, like right.
1: 150 bucks, probably. Oh yeah.
0: And um, I mean, I have a Jason Tatum jersey. Yeah. My my goal is to get a Jalen Brown jersey. I, I uh, Every time I'm gifted a jersey, the guy either completely sucks or he gets traded. So I was given a Haver jersey for my birthday or for Christmas. And yep. then I was given a Kemba jersey for the same situations. And Oof. look how that turned out. Yeah, with them. My I, family has terrible jersey luck. So I'm looking to get into a Jalen Brown jersey. Obviously, him and Tatum are going to be our guys for yep. a long, long time. So that's an investment that I don't mind spending the money on. And then we just move forward. But like, I don't even know how we got into this how we got into this but yeah I don't know. jerseys are exciting. Well so we, we started talking about but the white, white jerseys. jerseys. Yeah. So Bruins will be donning their white jerseys tonight. Yes. And it'll be an exciting it to It should be, uh, exciting, should be yeah.
1: exciting to watch. Hopefully we can
0: move on to uh, 2-0. 2-0. That's our goal for tonight. We're going to transition into our next hockey segment. Yeah. Quinviak men's ice hockey. Number 7 in the country returns home for the first time this season to play number 6 ranked North Dakota. What a matchup. What a home opener series! Mm-hmm. Freshman, and sophomore, quarterback have never been to a hockey game.
1: No. I fortunately at least not like I've been to a uh, a women's scrimmage. Yep, against UConn, and there were maybe fifteen people in the stands.
0: This is this is legit. Like, This is our this thing. is
1: SEC football
0: for this school. And fortunately, I grew up close by to to Quinnipiac so I've been to some of the games and they are quite honestly some of the most exciting things ever the arena is big and small in a sense yeah it can fit as a good amount of college students it gets really loud and this is not some scrub series we're starting off with we are playing the number six ranked team in the country when we are literally right behind them in the standings this could be quite honestly the best like best series all season we unfortunately don't have a Yale game at home with the students this year. It's during yeah. Christmas break. I already
1: bought a ticket for that, so I might try to resell it.
0: Yeah, so I don't understand who planned that, but yeah, Whatever. that's another moving conversation. On, on. This series is really exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I know you're working the game I'm for work, QBSN. How do you feel about QBSN.
1: that? I'm excited. You know, press credentials got to dress up nice in the exactly. press box. Professional. It's uh, I mean, that's the first game, so I mean, like, I'm not gonna have that fan experience, but you know, it's still be Saturday night. It's still gonna be, there is. There it's still gonna be exciting, you know, just being there, seeing fans, seeing it get loud. I've been to the state I've been to the arena and I've seen, like I said, women's hockey. It doesn't get it doesn't get loud. It's, un- it's unfortunate. It's the unfortunate women the women's team is just fantastic. as good as the, the men women's might, team is honestly even be it better. might be better. And but hopefully you know, get like the they'll, they'll score and it'll be like fifteen people cheering. But I wanna, you know, rock the house.
0: It's definitely the the difference between the two is the aggression. Yeah. You'll see it get it gets yeah. physical. Yeah. There, there are often like they don't let them fight which is always unfortunate because sometimes the guys they, they need to and it always It's always like frustrating when the refs break it up. There will be this will be a there's gonna be, there's gonna be a, some tussling Yeah, this will be a physical series against North Dakota last time the, the uh, Bobcats played them It was in the 2016 national championship game where we lost five to one very unfortunate We've gotten to two national championship games in my lifetime we've gotten close many other times. Mm-hmm. And this is a team with five graduate transfers, the most in Rand Pecknell's years as a Quinniviac uh, men's ice hockey coach. This is the year that they're looking to do it. They brought in Oliver Chow off the UMass, who just won the championship. Mm-hmm. Dylan St. Notre Dame goalie. Notre Dame is a good hockey player. He started
1: uh, last week. Him
0: and, him and Peretz uh, are gonna have a, against Vermont kind of an all Mark Swayman type of situation. We got yeah. the veteran and we have the rookie. Mm-hmm. They're both very talented. I'm I'm looking forward to see what happens this weekend. I'm I have a feeling it's gonna be Saints Year on Friday night just because he has the, the experience. Yeah, But I would not be surprised if they if he went with Peretz. They're both talented. They're both, you know, they both played good series. Peretz played North Dakota or Northeastern in Boston College, two powerhouse teams out of Boston, and he beat, He went one and one. They're both close. And then Peretz went up against Vermont. So it's definitely a difficult you know, choice to make, but Rand Pecknell has had some of the greatest goalies in college hockey in, in recent years. Uh, Keith Petruzzelli, uh, Michael Gartig, and Hartsell, all great goaltenders in the past, so he definitely knows the decision. He'll yep. he'll make it. In worst case scenario, they lose Friday night, they put the other guy in Saturday. Yeah. Off so the top of your head, series. do
1: you know the Quinnipiac all-time record against North Dakota?
0: We don't play them very often, no, so I'd say I think they have they think they have the better on us. No, oh yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, they've
1: they've. Their yeah. Quinnipiac is zero 4 four, zero four, all time, and their first matchup
0: in two thousand six, uh, they lost six to one. It's 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 tough. I, I know Rand will take this personal after losing the championship in two thousand sixteen to these guys. Yeah, I know that. All the players know the significance of this game. <clears throat> now, these two games against North Dakota, it, it makes a big deal for the national recognition of this team. Yep. If they beat them, they know what they're capable of. North yep. Dakota is a powerhouse team right now. They uh, can get close to the top five in the nation for teams, and and they want to. Like That locker room of Quinnipiac County players knows what they're capable of achieving this year. They're yeah. in a perfect situation. They have, it uh, looks like, seven seniors. Five grad transfers, and they got a young a young group of of guys, Ty Similak. They've got the talent. This yeah. like this is a winnable series, and this is a season that we're going to be fortunate enough to be able to watch yeah. after being out of the, the arena for a long time. Yeah. This is one of the most exciting sports event for myself to be able to attend. You'll be working it. You'll have quite the view up there yeah. in the press box, yeah. and it'll be quite the exciting series. I know that the arena will be packed. Yeah. I'm going to be go very, very early, yeah. just because it's going to fill up. Everyone's going to want to be there. Yeah the locals like oh, locals family and friends are going to be coming it's going to be quite it's yeah. going to be packed and why bond the captain of the team had talked about having that that crowd back yeah. they're going to they're going to use that as motivation mm-hmm. yeah scoring a goal and having nobody nobody cheer yeah, it's like, weird. what um, yeah like you
1: said about the like the national recognition if you just google right now best college hockey teams north dakota is the second team that comes up and quinnipiac doesn't show up quinnipiac is the last team that shows up
0: which so, is unfortunate. Which because is had our years.
1: You're ranked what? Like in the top ten. Yep. And you have you have teams like Alabama Huntsville being ranked higher than you. Not ranked, but like like when you list, search yeah. best college hockey teams, Alabama, Huntsville, um, Alaska, Bentley, Army, mm-hmm. Miami. Like when you have Miami rank you have two Alaska teams. Yep. Being coming up quicker in the best college hockey teams Google search than mm-hmm. you do <clears throat> and you are one of the top 10 teams in the country. So at this point it's like do they get I, I mean are they underrated at this point?
0: Like I, I believe Quinniback in a sense is underrated. yeah obviously we're ranked top 10 so you can't say that we're too underrated but I think people are doubting. when it comes to natural
1: word n- national recognition.
0: We have we have everything we need to compete at a high level. We yeah. have experience. We have, you know, depth. We have two strong goaltenders. And we have guys that are motivated to prove that they are better than some of these, mm-hmm. you know, powerhouse organizations that are, you know, nationally ranked on that list and have, you know, experts have picked other teams in front of Quinnipiac. When so
1: you, like, you look at the, the rankings right now where Quinnipiac's ranked seventh, they are... Out of the top seven teams, only two teams are undefeated. The number one seeded Michigan Wolverines,
0: which is hard to beat, because which is, they like have twelve beat, draft yeah, picks and yeah, the they're, they're
1: four and zero. Oh. And after that, every team is lost except for Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac has yet to lose a game so far. So, you know, it's we got a good team. It's just can they put it together? Can Our they put point? it together? They right? Have a, like it looks good on paper, but will it look good on the ice?
0: Like I said. Rand Pecknell brought in five graduate transfers. In his 27 years as head coach, he's only brought in one graduate transfer. So he's going all in. He knows what this team needed, that veteran presence. Yep. He knows a team better than anyone else. So I completely agree with bringing him in. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to watch this power play. Yeah, it's going to be excited We got Al- Oliver Chow, who was on the UMass national championship mm-hmm. team. White Bon Giovanni, probably Ethan DeYoung. They all offensive powerhouses. Then you move to the defense. Zach Metza, who for me is my breakout player this year, yep. he c- has completely elevated his game since he got to Quinnipiac. He's a great two-way defenseman. He's probably our best offensive defenseman, mm-hmm. and he will be on that power play. He played more of a he plays more of like a Tory Krug, Matt Grislyc type of role. He He's played like, for the uh, the Flying Aces of the the U. Very the excited USHL. to watch him play. And then you have Ty Similak, who was drafted in the third round of the. the yep. uh, Florida Panthers, which is the highest draft pick in Quebec history, which is crazy to think because we've had some amazing talent in the years, and they haven't even gone in like the top six rounds. So hes
1: You can tell he's just a power presence in that locker room, not because of his hockey ability, just because of the fact that when you look at the roster, everyone is, you know, wearing number one, number two, all these low numbers. And then he's wearing 96. That yeah. is such a hockey number. Oh, yeah. And, like, that's just at this he's point. He's making a name for himself. He's making a name for a sense. Like, all of these guys are, like, wearing numbers in the 20s and 30s. And then you got 96. Like,
0: he, you just know when you
1: see that 96, you're like, yeah, this guy's
0: good. Oh, yeah. And sometimes in that situation, some players will try to be different, wear some random number, and it doesn't pan out. There has never been a 96 in Quinnipiac. And after he goes, probably early departure, obviously, because yeah. when you have that kind of talent, it's tough to keep him all four years 96 will be Ty Malak's number. As a longtime fan myself, I correlate specific numbers with past, you know, guys. Yeah. So it's hard to, like, 13, Chase Prisky, 20, Matthew Pack, all these all these guys. Number four, Connor Clifton. All these numbers I associate with past guys. And it's hard to be on the team now and, you know, make your name for that number. So like you said, with 96, mm-hmm. he's making a name for himself. He's willing to go out there and, you know, be different. And like you said, he, he has the talent and the presence to elevate this team. And they want to make sure they can support him and make him you know, the best version of himself he can be.
1: And he had a fantastic first year. He was uh, quite honestly, drafted right in the third round, 74th overall. He made the, the ECAC All-Rookie Team. He was a finalist for the ECAC Rookie of the Year. Three-time ECAC Rookie of the Week. Um, Rookie of the Month in February. Um, received the Rookie of the Year for Quinnipiac. Um, he was tied for 11th in the country in goals as a freshman.
0: And that was without the presence of Wyatt Bongevani who's coming back yeah. from an injury. So if you think, if they put the two of them together, they they feed off each other, they boost each other up. They're both extremely talented so I'm I'm very excited to see them play together especially on that power play and pi- quite honestly that first line too. Should be exciting. It should be quite the exciting weekend for Quinnipiac Hockey. I have not looked forward to a sporting event like this in so long. Yeah. So. This has really been my motivation this to get is, through this, this week. I am. I'm this thrilled. is the one thing I'm looking forward to get through. Yeah, this is and this is Quebec's big thing. Like, yeah, this is what they. This is what the university gets its recognition yeah, through. We don't have any football. When people um, think of Quebec, it's, it's hockey. It's that's how people know about Quebec. It's yeah. not the most you know famous school in the country. Yeah, so, no, it's, it's, it's a hockey school. I mean, we have that beautiful arena. Like yeah. you gotta, you can't have that arena and be bad. And be so, bad. Very, I'm very thankful that Rand's still here. After all these years, he's probably had opportunities and offers to go coach at the next level, yep. and I'm, I'm sure it has something to do with his family. He's got a lot of kids. I'm sure he wants to spend time with them. I follow him on Twitter, mm-hmm. and he posts a ton of, a ton of videos of his kids playing. So obviously, that's that's his factor to stay, along with you know, getting us a national championship, which we've gotten close to so many times. It's 11:50. Yeah. What do you think, Ethan? Do we we'll quickly hit on the Celtics and call it a day for the show? Go. Yeah, we can go for it. Why not? Beautiful. We have the time. We have time. We can go for
1: like five, six minutes.
0: Yeah. So Boston Celtics open the season tonight against the New York Knicks in New York, I believe. I think it's on the road. Yeah. So, um, like we said last week, Boston Celtics are very exciting this year. They have the depth, and that's what we were lacking in the, in the years past, especially the last two seasons. We really haven't had a bench that can go out and like contribute when we when the Jays come out. Mm-hmm. So obviously, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are there are guys. So. We're going to build around them. We brought back Al Horford, who's a veteran. He, he, he thrived in Boston. I mean, after he left for Philadelphia and when he ended up in OKC, he was half the man he was. And reports coming out of the Celtics facility saying he is at another level athletically yeah. and his shots fallen. So if he can get back to what he was back during, like, 2017, 2018, when he was the man in the playoffs, shutting down Joel Embiid and, you know, Giannis and all these, these big guys that we didn't really have a stopper for, like, Rob Williams can't guard Embiid and Giannis, so Horford brings that presence back. I'm really excited for this team this year. Smart's coming back on a big extension. Josh Richards That's some
1: breaking news right now. Breaking news: Jalen Brown, who was questionable to to
0: play, will play in tonight's game. Look at that! You hear you heard it here first. B and E Boston Sports. We are breaking news: Jalen Brown will be playing tonight yep. against New York Knicks. I quite honestly, that is the best news of today. Yeah. Now we actually look like. Now we look like a. A full, complete unit. New York Knicks came off quite the Cinderella season last year. Mm-hmm. No one expected them to do that. I mean, Julius Randle, who has had his ups and downs in the league, became their main guy. Yep. Obviously, they have Quickly and R.J. Barrett. They brought in Derrick Rose. They have they have guys that they can surround him with. I'm just excited to watch basketball again tonight. It should be great. Mm-hmm. Celtics are quite the uh, entertaining team to watch. Yep. And they looked great in preseason. Romeo Langford, Aaron Neesmith was talking with my friend Sammy about this. They're both looking like they could be, both could start if they ever need to, right, depending on the lineup. We got some more breaking news. More breaking news at B&E. Grant Williams will start tonight. Grant Williams yeah. will start. Right. Per Emi Udoku. We do not have time to get into this Grant Williams. <laughs> why is he but starting yeah, type I'm, of thing. But.
1: I'm patrolling Twitter right now, so we've gotten some breaking news. Jalen Brown will play, and Grant Williams will start. So we got
0: some good news and then some terrible news. So what is that? What is this lineup looking like? I don't know. Obviously the Jays, and then um, Grant, that's three. And then our center, probably. Oh, because Horford's out, it's going to be Rob, right? So who's the point guard? Smart or Schroeder? We've, we've gone back and forth about this. I, I think Udoka's is having a press conference right now. That would
1: probably be why it's all coming out right now. In. Um, you know, I wish we had like another ten more ten minutes, minutes that we could just <sighs> wait for this to come out. Um but yeah, so I guess okay, let's let's work on our starting lineup. So, we know Grant Williams um probably the 4. I would assume so, unless you're trying to play super
0: small and have him at the 5. I highly doubt it. I that. really hope unless not. Rob is like something's wrong with Rob, yeah. but um I think Smart has to start for what he brings to the team. So I go I go smart JB JT Grant and then Rob That's probably that's probably what it's gonna be unless there's some kind of thing. We didn't hear about but yeah That still leaves Aaron Neesmith Romeo Langford Josh Richardson Dennis Schroeder off the bench Those are four guys that can come in and contribute then you have Cantor at the five. We've talked about Cantor He's a good offensive guy. He gets his rebounds, but it's tough to watch Cantor play defense, and if he's on um, Julius Randall, it'll definitely be difficult to uh, to watch as a as a defensive minded type type of guy. So, I'm actually very glad that we were able to break that news on the show because a couple of weeks ago we talked about Gilmore for like 20 minutes, and then we ended the show, and then he got traded. So everything we talked about, like him going to Tampa Bay, just it didn't even make any sense. Afterwards. It didn't make any sense. whatsoever. So we're able to predict tonight's game against the the, uh, the Knicks, and I'm very happy to. Uh, have Jalen Brown in the lineup, I'm sure that him being able to, you know, start the season off and not have to, like, miss the first few games, it'll it'll build his confidence, and I'm sure we'll beat the Knicks tonight. It'll be close, but I'm excited to see how this team looks, and um, I'll have to figure out how to watch the Bruins and the Celtics tonight. At the same time. And the Red Sox. So, Red Sox went a little earlier. Red Sox started at 5, and um, this is going to transition to me in the quote of the day, just because we're getting short on time, and I feel like we fit on everything. This quote is by Babe Ruth. And as Red Sox fans, I was a little unsure if I wanted to include this, yeah. but I thought this would be a good one for kind of how the world is right now. Don't let the fear of striking out stop you from playing the game. I feel that's good motivation for our fans out there who, you know, look at our show as motivation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Three like Kike Hernandez we just,
1: and, yeah. and J.D. Martinez who use this as motivation to give it your all, win, game, win game five.
0: Just like the players that listen to us, give it your all yep. and you'll benefit. And just like the Boston sports teams, we might be in like a unique situation right now. They're ready to go. And so are we. It's been a great episode three of B and Boston three. Sports Radio. My name is Brendan Kelly. I've My been name joined... is Ethan Hurwitz. Ethan Hurwitz. Another amazing episode. We're really getting, you know, getting a good flow for this show and yeah. we look forward to next week. We'll have a great great probably episode. talk about the Celtics we Red be... Sox, which we'll probably know more about. Too bad we don't have two episodes a week. Because yeah, in a no. week who knows what the world's gonna be like with Boston Sports. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week.